or may not know, Paul and Sarah are on holiday. They've preached the last two Sundays. They've began this series, Enjoy Life. And I was thinking about life, and I was thinking about my life, and potentially your life. And as mentioned in previous weeks, we don't always enjoy life, because sometimes life can be hard. Now, I thank God that there's certain people out there in the world that, um, and, and certain organizations and, co- and companies and websites that devote their life to making sure that our lives are better, more enjoyable, easier. Has anyone come across the term life hacks? One or two people in the room. And there's a website, life hacks. The idea is basically that people share on social media, on a website, images or videos or just, you know, descriptions of things that could make your life easier. Things that were so obvious, so blatantly simple that I don't know how we didn't realize them at first, but they just tell us. Now, today's message is called Life Hacks. And I believe, I'm not boasting, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, but this message, if you apply it, will change your life. Money back guaranteed. I will give you the price that you paid for your ticket to enter this morning on the door if your life is not changed, if, and only if, you apply two life hacks that I'm going to talk to you about in a moment. Now, in case you're unsure what I'm on about, life hacks, what is that? I'm going to give you a few examples. So if nothing else, the next six or seven slides are going to give you some ideas on how to improve your life. And if you forget all the Bible stuff, if you forget the Jesus stuff that I'm about to say, at least you've gone away with some practical tips on how to make your life easier, simpler, and better. Are we happy? First of all, if you ever need to fill a bucket and the sink isn't big enough, use a dustpan and brush pan to filter the water. Nice. And it, I never thought about doing that. Why, why is the dustpan kind of grooved in such a way? There you go. Next one. If you've finished or almost finished your jar of Nutella, fill it with ice cream. It cleans it out. You get ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Have you, why have we not thought about this, guys? Life hacks. Next one. I love this one. I stack my clothes in my drawers on top of each other. Why not do it that way? Then you can see what you're dealing with every morning. Who? Why didn't they tell me that on a training course when I was born? Come on, people. Easy life. I'm told told you this message will change your life. Next one. Next one. Why do they make sandwich um, fillings circular and the bread kind of square? Well, fold it that way. Don't do the top one. Fold it like that. And you've got a perfect ham or chicken sandwich. Brilliant. Life hacks. I told you this message would change your life. Next one. I'm definitely going to implement this because saucepan lids, they get everywhere in our kitchen and in the cupboards. Why not, as it says here, mount towel racks on the inside of your cabinet in your kitchen and store the lids to, to, to save precious space. Simple life hacks. There's a few more. I can't remember how many I had. Uh, a quick and easy iPhone speaker. If you haven't got money to get a Bluetooth speaker, Toilet roll, dunk the iPhone in, bish, bash, bosh, you've got amplified sound. And on a similar vein of thought, if you struggle to wake up in the morning to your alarm clock, stick it in a glass tumbler. If you're a heavy sleeper, tired of snoozing past your alarm, use the smartphone in a cup trick. It will crank up the volume, the way sound works. You will not sleep through that. I think there's one more. Mount your iPad or your iPhone or your phone, or the phones that are available, anywhere using self-adhesive plastic hooks. So we all watch Netflix, we all watch different things, and we want to do the washing up at the same time. Use self-adhesive hooks. 
life hacks. Now, I could just get down and say, you know what? That was a great message, Ben. My life has been changed. Are you, are you, are you, are you happy that your life is now going to be completely better? Now, I've got my own phone here. Now, this phone is, um, if you have a contract, normally it's a two-year contract. I'm well over my two years. I'm a weird person. I'm not a millennial, although I am. I don't want to upgrade this phone because it's so good. I just love it. I think, Thinking about life, if this was my life, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I don't want a new one. I don't want to go through the faff of changing contacts and all that stuff. I know it's easier. I know it's easier, but I just want to keep my old phone. And you know what? Life can be a bit like a smartphone. It can be, honestly. Our lives are constantly receiving, giving data, communicating almost on an hourly, minutely basis. You know, Google's getting all our information. You know, even as I speak, it's listening to me. Siri's listening to you. Amazon Alexa's listening to you and taking data. Information is being sent everywhere. It's a little bit like a life. We're constantly communicating, constantly talking to one another, constantly thinking, have I got a notification? We're taking photos nowadays. I think about the amount of photos that Abby Hagel has um, endured for the last 16 months of her life. Must be in the multiple thousands. When I was a kid, it was like 10 or 12 on a photo album. But now, we're constantly taking photos. We want to remember the good times, guys. Take a photo. I want to mark the moment because I'll take a selfie because I want to prove to the world that I was at the Eiffel Tower. I was at the top of whatever tower or I was at whatever scenic location. We want to prove to people. We put them out on social media. We want to be validated. We want people to tell us, I like that photo. I like the fact that you did that. You had your tea or your coffee with your Bible on on, on a morning. I like the way you did that. And just in case, just in, in case you're worried that people won't like your projection of your life, you put a filter on it. Swipe, 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 find a nice filter. That makes me look good. You know, Snapchat kind of makes you look younger. You can add little things to kind of Photoshop your face so you've got less wrinkles. You can just do all sorts to project to the world. Hey, I'm a lot more beautiful than I think I am. (laughs) My life is so much more in shape than I thought. We, We use phones just like our lives. Apps. I must have, I don't know, 50 apps on my phone. All designed to make my life easier. Don't we just want an easier life? Don't we just want life to be, I'm sure life would be so much more enjoyable if it was easier. If they could invent an app for going to work. If they could invent an app for doing my taxes. If they could invent an app for, um, they have. (laughs) There's an app for everything. Life has become easy because iPhone or Samsung or Google, whoever, has put these applications in place to make life more enjoyable. Life hacks. But just like a smartphone, now I'm grateful that my phone is doing all right. But you often get to a point in time where you've got so many apps, so many photos, you've downloaded so many things that your life, or sorry, your, your iPhone or your phone, your smartphone, your device is running on slow slow motion selfies it it gets tired worn out at times it gets broken or flushed down the toilet our just like our smartphones our lives can get worn out and that's when we suddenly start to let to enjoy life that little bit less we're running on empty suddenly we charge you know we went from 
charging our phone once a day to having to charge it multiple times in a day because it cannot cope anymore. Our lives are like a smartphone. Sometimes we just need to get to the point where we just press factory reset on our phones. So I thought I would do that for our lives. And I thought in this series of enjoying life, I thought we'd just go back to the beginning for a minute. We'd look at Genesis and we'd look at, okay, what was the life that God originally intended for us to have? The only way in which I know how we could do that, because I wasn't there when God made the, the earth and the world, is to go back in Genesis. Now, whenever you kind of cover Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you might read it, particularly given our scientific background, our knowledge about whatever, and the Big Bang and evolution. We often read it, and we kind of, you know, you're forgiven as a Christian for getting confused. Or maybe, I think Genesis maybe raises more questions than it does answers. And I'll just add a disclaimer. I haven't got time to go into the theology, the history, or whatever about this, the science of it. All I would say is the key message for you if you're struggling with Genesis is God made it. God made the world. I'm adding that disclaimer in case you're sitting there thinking, he's reading all this stuff, but I just don't get it. Okay? So just go with me on this. For now, we're just going to say God made the heavens and the earth because I believe it and many people in this room believe it. So on day one, God said, let, let there be light. And he created day and night. Day two, he, he separated um, the, the different sort of masses of water, the sky and, 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 and the land water. On, on, and, and it said this phrase at the end of each day. On the end of day two, it says, an evening passed. And morning came, marking the second day. On the third day, it was, um, it was land and the seas. On the fourth day, it was the sun, the moon, the stars. On the fifth day, it was birds and fish under the sea. And on the sixth day, it was animals um, on, the, on the land and human beings. On the sixth day, an evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. And then what we're going to do just for now Remember, we're pressing factory reset on our life. We're going to almost look at day six in a little bit more detail. And thankfully, Genesis helps us out in chapter two. If we read it, it just gives us a few more specifics, a, few more, a bit more information about what happened on day six. And this is what it says. In Genesis two, <clears throat> the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Life in its earliest form. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he placed the man he, he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life. And that tree, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, a river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first branch, called the Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Havilah. Where I've missed this in all the times I've read in the Bible. I've missed this line. Until I prepared this preach, where gold is found. The original life 
that God created for you and me involves lots and lots of precious gold. Some of you like the trees and the beautiful surroundings and the delicious fruit and the wonderful animals and all the beauty around us. Some of us like the gold. He created life for us all. Genesis 2.15, we'll go on. The Lord God, I love this. I love this thought. Placed, picking him up by the scruff of his neck, not quite because he didn't have clothes. Placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of the tree, of every tree in the garden. Except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And many of us know the rest of the story. They do eventually eat the fruit and they do get banished from the Garden of Eden. But there's three, there's three sort of things that stand out to me about life. First of all, God created life in his image. He gave Adam identity and showered love and just wonder over his life. He, you, you are the same. If, if we're looking at the default setting, the factory reset life, know that you were created, you were designed And then secondly, you were placed. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. You were placed in your Garden of Eden. You are here today, not by an accident. You are here deliberately, and you were given purpose and responsibility. You know what is really interesting about the early life? In a series where we're looking at enjoying life, you know what's great? Jesus and and, and God designed life to be most enjoyed when we have responsibility, when we work. Now, many of us hate work. Many of us wish we hadn't got to work. I mean, it's a curse. And later on in Genesis, you read that it was a curse. But originally, the original design of life was to enjoy work, to have responsibility. Ask somebody who's unemployed and ask them how they feel about their own identity and about their own self-esteem. And compare to that to someone who's got a job. And then maybe they don't enjoy the job, but at least they've got a job. At least they have some form of responsibility identity, and this is the key word, purpose. Your original design of life has plenty of purpose. And then thirdly, what does God do to Adam? This sounds harsh, but he warns him. He warns him, don't touch that tree. Everything else is up for grabs. Don't touch that tree. And what do I get from that? What was life like? First of all, God placed boundaries in place. Life isn't meant to be restrictive. There are boundaries in place which are good. You will enjoy your life most if you have boundaries. Nobody enjoys a game of football when the rules are broken. The rules, the game of football is most enjoyed when people are by the offside rule. If the ball goes out of touch, there's a throw-in. Goalkeepers, you know, all the rules of football, we enjoy it because of the rules. Life is not enjoyable if there are no boundaries. But also, the wonderful thing about this is God spoke to Adam. And the original design of life was to be in conversation with God, to have a relationship with God, to talk and walk and spend time with your creator. That was the original blueprint of life. We'll move on just to, well actually, we'll we'll backtrack to the last chapter. Because I want you to see something in this, in this passage that really stood out to me. Genesis 1.31, how it ends. It says, the Lord, Then God looked over all that he had made, 
after, and he saw that it was very good. Here's the phrase again. An evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. What's interesting is we then jump into Genesis 2. Back, we'll jump back in. Verse 2. It says, on the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. So he rested. Key topic for today's message is rest. In a moment, I'm going to give you a life hack. One of the life hacks to enjoying your life is rest. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. Now, what's really interesting is the phrase, an evening passed and morning came, marking the seventh day, does not appear. Now, is that a mistake? The writer of Genesis left it out. Has it been erased? Is there a mistake or is it something deliberate? I believe that everything in the Bible is deliberate. The phrase is missed because I believe the seventh day of rest is still open. We still live in the same day as Adam, the seventh day, the day of rest. God doesn't just want your rest to be a holiday in Hawaii. God just doesn't just want your rest to be a day off or eight hours of sleep a night. God wants you to be in a permanent, fixed state of rest. When the world is crumbling around you, when life is tough, when you're having to work seven days a week, when you've got extra shifts and overtime and your boss is being a right nightmare, God wants you to rest. He's designed you. To rest. Just ask Jesus at the back of a boat in the middle of a horrendous storm. He's asleep. He can rest in the mix of storms, of pain, of worry, of anxiety. Whatever you're going through today, know that God has designed the original blueprint, the original factory reset life is to rest, enjoy, be at peace. Wow. What a life. So the life hack number one, going back to smartphones. Now this one, the first life hack is easy. You do it. You do it with your smartphone. So all I want you to do is do it with your own life. The second one is I can guarantee you probably don't do it with your smartphone. So you'll find the second life hack harder because you'll have to kind of adjust how you do it with your own life. You following? We'll get there. The first one is nice and easy, life hack. This will make your life easy. If you follow these two simple steps, your life will be more enjoyable. Recharge your batteries daily. Now we all get into the habit every night, put our phone on charge, every morning unplug it or whatever your routine is. You've got a routine and I'm sure you, have, you don't think twice about charging your phone every single day. So why do we wait for our two-week holiday in the sun to rest? Why do we wait for a day off to rest? Why do we wait for somebody to tell us that we can rest to rest? Why do we wait until we've worked really, 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 really hard? And now we've earned rest. And we can rest and we don't need to feel guilty for resting. Our smartphone is easy. But to do that in your own life is not so easy. You know, phones 
your phone doesn't earn rest. Like, you don't say, I'm going to reward you with a good charging tonight. <laughs> You've worked really hard, Samsung. You've worked really hard, iPhone. I'm going to give you, I'm going to plug you in. I'm going to reward you with two hours of charge. You've earned it. Well done. We don't apply that stupid logic to our phones, so why do we apply it to ourselves? You know what? If you work really, really hard and you work yourself into the ground, then you can have a rest. The seventh day is still open. You can still rest even in the midst of work, struggle, trials, tribulations. I could spend the rest of today's message unpacking how you rest. But it's not a self-help talk. You think about your own body. You need sleep. You need a good diet. You need friendships and relationships around you. You need exercise. That's a physical way of resting. But also, you can apply that to your spiritual body. You need to eat the right things. You need to be around the right people. You need to, um, you know, Spend time away and, and be active and not just have a, a faith that is theory, but actually a faith that is active, that isn't dead, but is alive. Same, same logic. How do you rest? Those are the sort of things that you can do to rest physically. But Jesus gives us a clue, and I'm really centering in on this, this verse, and I'll probably come back to it later. Matthew 11 in the message says, are you tired? You've, you've run out of space. You've lost your charger. You've got too many apps, too many photos. Your data is just, you've, you've run out of data. You're out of Wi-Fi. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to make, to take a rest, a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Recharge your batteries. Rest. Don't just wait for the holiday. Come to Jesus. Now, I can, I'm, I'm reading your minds. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ben, we've heard this kind of message regularly. We get it. Read your Bible, pray, come to Jesus. Read your Bible, pray, come to Jesus. Read your Bible, devotion, devotion, get up early. All these things we've, we've heard many, 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 many times, but what do we do about the 21st century? What do we do about our little, we make our cup of tea, we get downstairs, we, we think, okay, I'm looking forward to a version app. I'm looking forward to a, a reading plan and just getting into the Word of God and praying. Oh, so-and-so's uh, liked my photo. Uh, oh, notification from Amazon. Notification from Sky Sports. Oh, BBC Breaking News, what has happened in the world? Oh, my goodness. Oh, did, did he really score last night? Is anyone else like that? I, 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 recently, I went, I went to go onto YouVersion. Great app, by the way. I'm not selling it's free, but you version for Bible reading plans. And my thumb is trained to miss the you version app and go onto Facebook. Who told my thumb to do that? And before I know it, I'm in a wormhole. I'm in, a, I'm in this, this rabbit warren of liking things and, and looking at what somebody ate for their dinner and, and reading an article about something I don't care about and, 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 and just sharing something that I really don't want to, but somebody told me I should. I'm in this... Suddenly I realize I'm supposed to be reading the Bible. 
What do we do about coming to Jesus when there are so many distractions? I've got children now. Abigail gets up at half five. I used to get up at six and read the Bible. When am I supposed to read the Bible now? Seriously, it's, it's all well and good, Ben. You standing up on that stage with a microphone saying, read the Bible, come to Jesus and everything be okay. But what about the friends that keep asking me to go to the party and I, I get tired and then I miss, my, I miss my time with God because I'm so tired? What about the distractions of life? The, actually, I can't switch this brain off. My brain gets up in the morning and it's constantly thinking about calendar, calendar, diary, 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 appointment, appointment, appointment. This is what I've got to do. This to-do list, to-do list, to-do list. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Calendar, calendar, diary, 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 to-do list, point. Uh, who else has distractions? Is it just me? We think our brains wander onto other things. Sometimes things that we really shouldn't be not, should not be looking at. So I think life hack number two, I think it's harder, but this is the answer to life hack number one. If you're struggling with entering God's rest and resting and really coming to Jesus and being at peace, this life hack will change your life. Now, this is something I guarantee you do very, 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 very rarely, if not ever at all. In your phone's life, you may never, ever do this. And have you ever done it in your own life? It is this. Life hack number two. You can turn it off. Why, oh, why did they invent something called airplane mode? Is it because we as humans cannot turn it off? We are on an airplane, and if we, if we send a message, the plane will crash. But it's okay. We'll have, we've got a mode on our phones to make sure that everyone survives. But I don't want to turn it off. Don't make me turn off my phone. I can't. Honestly, where's the off button? Has anyone discovered where the off button is on their phone? Do, do you actually know where it is? It, it takes a while, but it gets there. Is that, hands up. This is confession time. Who in the room suffers from something called nomophobia? <laughs> let, me, let me just read some of the symptoms to you. Because apparently 50% of us suffer. You're out of data. You're out of Wi-Fi. You have no connection. And all you can think about is how you're going to contact the outside world. The first thing you do if you've got nomophobia in the morning is check Facebook. The last thing you do at night is post something to Instagram. Let the world see. And then in the morning you can see how many likes you've got. Who else uses, in normal English language, hashtag? Hashtag this, hashtag that. If you do, you've got nomophobia. You've got a, a, an anxiety associated with your mobile phone or your mobile device. You've got a, a, a deep, deep um, anxiety associated with not being able to contact the world or connect to social media or be on Wi-Fi or communicate your life. If you've got it, there's help available. There's prayer at the end. <laughs> 58% of us check our phones at least once an hour when we're awake. 80% roughly of people, young people, sleep with their phone. What about when you get a phone call? You're actually talking to a human being in front of you. You get a phone call, it's loud. What do you do? Do you just answer it and ignore that, phone, that conversation and just answer it? What about if you get a notification? Are you just itching? You've got this, this sensation. You know something's vibrated in your pocket. Even when nothing's actually happened, you've got this phantom vibration. Get it out on. Nothing there. You've got nomophobia. 
Now, I will, I will say this. It's not a clinically... Di- I'm not diagnosing anyone here and now. I don't even think the medical, medical profession actually use it as a term. They only use it as a way of kind of describing what is a common problem. 50% of the world suffer with this, or 50% of the Western world cannot be or have some level of anxiety when they're not with their phone. I am um, a good and a bad from me. Uh, Friday, I have a day off with Abigail. And uh, I was just enjoying Abigail's company. We were playing together. And this is, this is the... I, I'm prone to nomophobia. I was like, Abigail, you've been so cute. I need to get my phone out and take a photo of you. Just, I need to put... You know what? I think it's been a month since I last posted to Instagram. The world needs to see how good and cute Abigail is. So I, I, was, I was like scratching around trying to find my phone. Then I realized... Abigail isn't interested in my phone. She's not interested in being on social media. She just wants me fully now. So I didn't do it. Now, I'm not condemning anyone that does. (laughs) I do it. It's all fine. But sometimes we need to switch it off. Now, that could mean two things. One is, literally, as a practical assistant, a life hack for you, a word of wisdom from me to you is, okay, you need to switch off your phone literally at times. That could be an actual, an actual practical application. I have a testimony of going on holiday with Steph, and I didn't take my phone. I didn't take it. I didn't take one single photo in two weeks. I didn't Google one bit of information in two weeks. I didn't read you version. I read a paper Bible. <laughs> I didn't read Kindle on my phone. I read an actual paper book. Now, I'm not here. I'm I'm making, you know, I'm almost exaggerating it. I don't want you to feel bad if you do those things. (laughs) Because many of you do. I do. But I turned it off for two weeks. And I had the greatest two weeks. I had just a time of just pleasure, of of enjoying only the people that I was with. I wasn't worried about you guys, what you were doing at church. I wasn't worried about extended family. I was worried about the people who mattered most at the time, and I had the best time for it. Now, I'm not saying you turn your phone off completely, and let's have a phone amnesty. Chuck your phone in a barrel at the back, and we're never going to touch social media again. But there may be times in your life where actually you just need to switch it off. But that, that's potentially the literal application that some of you need to apply. But for some of us, we need to now think about our lives as a whole. Because going back to devotion time, um, and you know, coming, remember that we're in the context of talking about coming to Jesus. We need to rest, we need to come to Jesus. This is the life hack. This is what I really mean. What I really mean by turning your phone off is you've got to come. To Jesus. You've got to come to God who placed you in the garden. Come and enjoy the surroundings, the Eden that he's gifted you with. Don't just ex- hope for something that is miles away or look on social media and compare your life with somebody else's and wish you were there. Enjoy the moment now. But at times, life can be hard, as I've mentioned. Many of us turn when we're in a, a pickle or a bother. Probably none of us in this room. Maybe. We turn to alcohol to medicate or self-medicate our issues. Or we turn to drugs or we turn to sex or pornography or we turn to violence or we turn to whatever. Social media. 
to medicate our own feelings of, I'm not enjoying life. I'm kind of having a bad day. And we all have bad days. And I had a moment. I'm, 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 a, I'm a binge eater. That biscuit barrel, if it's empty, I'm anxious. But if I had a tough day, if I'm a bit worked up, I'll go to that biscuit barrel and I'll eat sugar and I'll feel better. Or another tactic that I'll use is I'll moan at Steph. I'll just offload at Steph how I feel. And sometimes she's gracious and she's kind and she's loving and she helps me. Other times she just wants to go to sleep. I medicate myself. I try and make my life better. I, uh, I'm into, um, if you're on Netflix or anything like that, Amazon, I'm into The Office, the US edition. It's 20 minutes episode and there's loads of them. So like, again, going back to self-medication, if I was having a blue day, 20 minutes with The Office would just make me feel better. I'd laugh it off. I'd go to bed happy. And I realized something. I went to Steph and I said to her in a, in a sort of separate, unrelated conversation, I said, Steph, and I was moaning to her, and I said, Steph, I just... Since having Abigail, I've just, my life is just my kind of discipline and my, my personal reading of the Bible and just all these disciplines that I know I should do as a good boy, as a Christian. They've gone out of the window, and I just need the Bible, Steph. Honestly, just, I just, if you could help me get the Bible. And this was late at night, about, well, <laughs> late, 10.30. 10.30, really late at night. <laughs> and um, I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to watch The Office before I go to bed. Because I'm feeling rough. The Office will sort me out. I'll just laugh it off and it'll be okay. And I said to Steph, and I'm, I'm really wired, Steph. I'm, I'm, I'm awake at this time of night. What, what's going on? And Steph was like desperate to go to sleep. And she just said in her tired, dreamy state, she just said, if you're so awake at this time of night and you want to read the Bible, why don't you do it now? <laughs> and I suddenly thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, God. I'll watch The Office, then I'll read the Bible. No, 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 oh, no. I'll, re I'll read the Bible, then I'll watch The Office. But what progressed and what happened is I had probably the most wonderful time with God and his word that I've had in a very, very long time. And I just, you know, I didn't even bother with The Office. Um, and I didn't even bother with Netflix. And I didn't even go there because I suddenly realized that I need to switch off the other apps. Steph is an app in my life. She makes my life easier. <laughs> The Office is an app in my life, or Netflix is an app in my life. It makes me feel better. The Biscuit Tin is an app in my life. It makes me feel better. I need to switch that off. And my number one, my priority, my first port of call when I'm anxious, my first port of call when I'm not enjoying life, my first port of call when I'm feeling restless and I'm not in a place of rest, even though God says I can and should be, is to go to him. Turn off the noise. Turn off the other applications. Turn off the other notifications. Go to God. Here's a key phrase for some people. Go to God alone. Before you go to anyone and anywhere else. It's a life hack. Honestly, if you're not enjoying life and if you did this, your life would never be the same again. It's so simple. It's stupid. I'm not here to, to, to preach rocket science today. I'm here to say rest and go to God. I'm sorry it's not a bit more deep and spiritual. <laughs> but look at, listen to this in Ephesians 1. Bearing in mind, God placed Adam in the garden. 
and just kitted him out with everything he'd need. Just this wonderful place. Look what your father God did for you. Even before he made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. He put Adam in that garden and it gave him great pleasure. He put you in your life and it gave him great pleasure. He loves you. He not only, it's not like a, oh, a mistake or a consolation prize. Oh, God will be your father because maybe your father on earth hasn't been there for you. It's not that. God wanted he chose. It was his great pleasure to be your father. He wants you to come to him. I packaged it in a life hack and made it, you know, maybe mildly funny. But it's deadly serious. Come to Jesus. He wants to be your father. He wants relationship with you. And the question that may bring one or two of you some challenge is when was the last time you spent alone time with God? Now, Jesus, it says in Mark 1, in verse 35, very early in the morning, maybe late at night, maybe on your lunch break, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. For some, of you, your, for some of you, your house isn't your Garden of Eden. You've got to go outside. Be at one with the wilderness. Be at one with the outdoors. Be at one with your Eden, your, your, God's creation around you. And spend time with God. A few things that I've done recently. Um, I was struggling with, I needed to go back to my first love. I was reminded I need to go back to my first love. So I made a playlist on Spotify of all the songs that I used to listen to as a teenager, of conferences, youth conferences that I went to that none of you young people would like now. Like when Hillsong had brass band and orchestra in their, in their music. Those were the, the sound. That was the, the music I was listening to. And it just restored my spirit and brought me back to God in a different way. I've started, as I've said before, I've, I've started not to use version. Although the version is good, and, and please do use it. I think it's great but also just getting out a paper Bible and just touching and feeling the ink is a great way of doing it. Books, podcasts. I've actually started reading the Bible out loud. It helps me not get distracted. So I read the Bible like a child and read it out, line by line, read it aloud. And do that with your prayer and suddenly you feel less awkward about praying out loud in your house because you've spent 10 minutes reading the Bible out loud in your house. Find creative ways to worship. You know, you can sing the same song over and over and get maybe bored of it, but maybe do something different with it. Maybe listen to different music. I've started listening to the Lion King soundtrack and dancing in my own living room to African music, getting ready for Rwanda. But also, it's, it's music that wasn't designed for church or for God, but I'm dancing in God's presence because of the beats and the African drums of the Lion King soundtrack. Get it on Spotify or whatever your choice is. <laughs> These are practical things that you can do to come to Jesus. Switch off the world. Switch off your phone. Rest in Him.
and come to Jesus. I'm going to read a scripture and then I'm going to pray. I'm also aware that there's people in this room that perhaps you don't know Jesus. You've not yet kind of grasped what it is to be a Christian. I'm talking very much from a point of view of you are, you're a Christian, but you know what? The same principle applies to you. Before you were even made, he wanted to be your father. You don't have to earn it. Your smartphone doesn't earn charge. Your smartphone doesn't earn rest. Same for you. You don't need to earn your salvation. You don't need to earn an eternal rest with him. You don't need to work hard and beat yourself up and do it. He's given it to you. Anyway, and I want to reread the verse. And we're going to sing a song and perhaps we might do something after the song for anybody that doesn't know Jesus. Because we prayed this morning for you. We prayed this morning, the team got together, and we said, God, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know Jesus, may they find Jesus today. And we're going to do that for you. But I want to read this scripture to help you. And we're going to sing a song um, after this scripture. And then during that song, if you just want to you know, respond in some way and just come to God, we're singing about the goodness of God. Let's read this scripture. And then I'll pray. Matthew 11. This applies to Christians and those who aren't Christians. Are you tired of life, relationships, the universe, whatever? Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Are you exhausted with social media? Are you exhausted with having to project something to other people that you're really not? Are you exhausted with not being able to rest? You've constantly got buzzing and notifications and people wanting to contact you. You're just overwhelmed. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We're going to sing and maybe during this song you might want to respond and just, just have a conversation with God. If you're struggling with that, someone will help and pray with you afterwards. But I'm going to pray for you. Let's all stand to our feet and we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing about how good God is. God, we thank you for your life that you've given to us, designed and crafted and, 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 and laced with gold and beauty. And Lord God, for many of us, we've neglected that. For many of us, we've missed that. For many of us, God, we, we, we don't even want that or we've rejected your offer of life and your offer of rest. And today, God, we come before you and we say, God, we want to switch off the noise, turn off the notifications and come before you.